0: Mm-hmm. hey what's going on who that nation it is yours truly tj jones i am the host of the state of the saints podcast thank you so much for checking out the state of the saints podcast where we talk new orleans saints thank you so much for your time i really do appreciate that um yeah this is my lunch break right now man i'm actually uh (laughs) working on a project for the radio station i've been outside uh you know putting up some uh things that we need to do in order to uh Make sure that the radio station has the best quality possible. Um, We are installing a new transmitter here. So uh, we're outside at the uh, at the tower and putting in this new transmitter. So uh, appreciate you all uh, bearing with your boy. Appreciate everybody following in right now. I got about 54 people watching this at the start uh, of the podcast. And I really do appreciate that. Like I said, this is my lunch break, so it won't be long. But I, I did. Uh, Want to address uh, something that that took place uh, in the U.K., as you all know, the New Orleans Saints, right after the uh, frustrating loss versus the Carolina Panthers, hopped the plane and uh, headed to the U.K. Uh, They're there right now. And uh, today was their first day of practice. And there was a difference in this practice. Um, Andy Dalton, uh, backup quarterback Andy Dalton, got first team reps. And we also heard and seeing that uh, Taysom Hill uh, was getting some snaps at quarterback where he would probably serve more more than likely uh, if Jameis doesn't play as the backup quarterback. And, you know, a lot of people are wondering what does this mean? I mean, last week we had Andy kind of in the same situation and you had Jameis, you know, not practicing, getting a couple mental reps, and, uh, you know, he ended up starting. But I got to tell you – it's not my place. Um, I, I did post on Twitter um and I did talk to someone kind of close to the situation. But based on what I heard, I'ma say this, based on what I heard, uh a lot of you Saints fans are probably gonna be happy and getting what you want Sunday. And I'm gonna just leave it at that. Now I I'm not gonna expound on it because as you all know, you know, sometimes you know I'm fortunate from other people to get information. But, I mean, I ain't tr- it's not my place to spill it. it more than likely, it's probably going to be coming out this weekend if is, is factual. But here's the thing. Uh, Jameis Winston did not practice today. Um, we, we still have the issues that's going on with his back and all the other things that are going on. I, I just want people to kind of, you know, put some things together. I'm just wondering to myself, like, if if Andy Dalton doesn't have a strong chance of starting this weekend – then why is it that, you know, I mean, why is it that Jameis Winston uh, wasn't at practice at all? Like, I can understand, like, him not being there practicing, but he wasn't at practice at all. And even though he did speak to the media after practice, he was not there. And you also have to take into account the biggest issues that have been facing the New Orleans Saints have been the offensive side of the football. So why wouldn't your main signal caller be anywhere in the vicinity if there wasn't a strong chance that he would be starting the game? I mean, the New Orleans Saints need as many reps as they possibly can from their first team, especially the relationship between a quarterback as well as his receivers. Now, you did have a couple of people that didn't practice also. Jarvis Landry did not practice. Uh, and also Michael Thomas uh, did not practice. But I'm just wondering, like, you 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 need as much – you need as many reps as you possibly can in order to try to fix the issues that uh, that you're dealing with. So why wouldn't you have the starting quarterback out there from day one? I mean, I don't know. Look, I, I just think that this is absolutely ridiculous at this particular point. It's, it's obvious that Jameis Winston is hurt. It's obvious that the dude is dealing with some issues. It's obvious that the New Orleans Saints are trying to hide this uh, from the general public about how hurt he actually is. And Jameis is a pro. So Jameis is not going to come out there and talk about how bad his back hurt or how bad his ankle is hurting or is he having some issues with the ACL. He's not going to say that. The guy's a competitor. Listening to him talk today, he basically was kind of upset that he didn't get opportunity opportunity uh, to practice uh, with his teammates. But this is one of those situations where, you know, it's it's getting absolutely ridiculous and you got to save a person from themselves. Like, seriously. Like, if here's the thing. If Andy Dalton goes out there and he's giving you something, you know what I'm saying? Something, you know, that you feel like you can build on going into a game versus the Minnesota Vikings, you start him. It's just as simple as that. This is not an indictment on Jameis Winston at all. This has everything to do with if you're going to if this is your last opportunity, you know, for somebody to like seriously consider. You being a starting quarterback, if this is your last opportunity for a team to really take you serious to be in future of their franchise, you got to make sure that you're doing everything in your power to show them that you're capable of doing so. I just feel like by watching him deal with these, these injuries and he has limitations, it is impossible for him to show everything in, in his rep- repertoire and it's going to have people having their, their thoughts and their views about him fair of unfair. So I, I think this is one of those those things where you just have to sit back and just like, I don't want this to happen, but it has to. It, it has got to happen. And I think that's where the coaching staff needs to need to step in. Because you're actually doing more harm than good for your football team. And then as time go on, no matter how talented your team is, guys are human. You know, they're going to have those thoughts in the back of their mind and asking a question like is the coach putting me in the best position to win? Is he doing everything in his power to make sure that we have a formidable team going into the game every single Sunday? Once again, this isn't about Jameis Winston as far as, you know, where I feel like he could take this team if he was healthy. This has everything to do with the fact that the dude is not right. And it's impossible. Like, how can can a person get well, four fractures in your back and a messed-up ankle by not resting. I, I just don't understand that. This dude got knocked down 10 times. 10, 10. Okay. I know people like, man, he only had one sack, but the dude was getting knocked down and pushed around. So that cannot be good on a back. That, that's like equivalent to somebody, you know, getting into a car accident. And then all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? They, somebody just started pushing and shoving them all the way, you know what I'm saying? With everything that they have. That is what he's dealing with every single week. I don't think that taking zero blitzes and 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 getting knocked down that like that is going to is going to help the cause. So I think the Saints need to be smart. I think they need to be smart about this. I understand what optics is, right? You know, you got a a guy who is a first-year head coach. He's a guy who um you know, is not proven as a head coach and you're still trying to get people to buy into what you're actually doing when it comes to the winning. I get it, but sometimes you got to make smart decisions. Sometimes you got to protect these players from themselves. And sometimes you just got to go to a guy and say, okay, man, we're going to go in this direction. We want you to heal up so we can get back. Um, you can't be concerned about how good or how well Andy Dalton could do because there's a possibility you can lose your job. I'm pretty sure that's in the back of, of his mind. Rather, we want to agree with it or not. I'm pretty sure it's in the back of your mind. I mean, playing football is competition, right? So guys don't want to lose their spots. But you can't think about that. You got to have enough confidence in yourself to be able to heal up and be able to feel like you can come back and get your starting job back. But, I mean, we don't know what this is going to lead to. All I know is uh, Andy Dalton got the first team reps and you had Taysom Hill uh, taking, uh, you know, backup quarterback reps. But (laughs) i I say this, man. Look, I I don't believe Dennis Allen at all, okay? I I don't believe him at all. I don't believe he was like – we was gonna have uh, Taysom taking some quarterback reps this year. I don't believe that. I don't believe it at all. I don't think that they were going to. First off, I think they didn't want to have him with the quarterback reps because, honestly, like what what would you need him as far as like being a quarterback to do? I mean, yeah, line him up in the backfield, maybe running like some RPO stuff. But if we're talking about throwing a ball down the field and all that kind of stuff, like why would you need Taysom in that? So I just feel like <laughs> that was. Look, this is one of them situations where it's like, okay, Jameis is hurt. Like, we don't have to bring in a backup quarterback because we already got one, so we're going to slide Taysom back to his quarterback role. If Jameis didn't get hurt, if Andy Dalton was the backup quarterback, you would not see Taysom Hill uh, taking any snaps at the quarterback position. So that that's just the way that I look at it. And also, um, this is something that I, I would not be surprised. Th- this is something I feel like is being set up. OK, if Jameis just so happens to play, if he just so happens to play and he's not being effective, I think they're going to pull him like that. That's that's how I feel about it. I feel like they're setting this up. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe try to protect him, like try to save face in their eyes. You know, if he plays bad or he doesn't play up the snuff, then you can bring in Andy Dalton and you have enough confidence that he's going to be able to lead this offense because he's getting these first team reps. So. That's the way I look at it. I mean, why would you move um, Taysom Hill, you know what I'm saying, right now at at the quarterback position, but you always wanted him to play the quarterback position? No, I don't don't believe that. I don't believe that at all because that's a contradiction because you basically said in so many words – well, you ain't saying so many words. You actually said – I'm talking Dennis Allen. On one hand, you was like, well, I don't like the idea of Taysom Hill being on the sidelines with me. I respect for him to be out there, so that's why we – want him to play you know more of the tight end role so you didn't say anything about the quarterback position at all you didn't say anything about that so this is right here it's just one of those moves that they made you know probably thought about the last couple of days and they moved him to that position I do not believe that it seemed like they were really adamant at making Taysom Hill uh, a tight end. I'm going to read some of your comments. I ask that you hit the like button if you if you uh, just got here. We're talking about Andy Dalton getting first team reps. Uh, I'll start with uh, Reclaimer. Reclaimer says, Andy Dalton knows how to change protections and read a defense so the O-line will be fine. Look, all I'm saying is some people are acting like, you know, Andy Dalton is the Lord and Savior of this team. Look, I wouldn't go that far. You know, do I feel like there are certain things that I, that Andy Dalton does better than Jameis? Yes, but you can say that there there's things Jameis does better than Andy Dalton I just don't understand the angle how people just feel like you know Andy Dalton is just going to come in and just save this franchise I, I don't I don't get it you know I like Andy Dalton I think Andy Dalton is talented but I think some of you need to pump your brakes when it comes to these expectations and I feel like when it comes to expectations that's why some of you are in the positions that you are right now when it comes to the morale of this team it's not so much about what you actually saw this team, it's the expectations of what you felt this team was gonna be. And then all of a sudden, like when they didn't exceed your expectations, you feel like all hope is lost. But my question is to you who's to blame for that? Who's to blame? Like, if you was up here talking in the barbershops, if you were here talking to your friends, that's there's friends, I mean your friends are rival. Uh, l- l- fans of rival teams and you're talking about what Chris is going to do and what Michael Thomas going to do and what Jameis going to do when he slain that thing down the field and all of a sudden it's not what you thought it's going to be and now you're upset who are you really upset at? Are you upset that the team has not exceeded your expectations or you should be mad at yourself because you put these expectations on this team and not realizing that even though you know you still have some of the same coaches chemistry matters it, it matters about you know what these guys are going to do as a team once again, I keep telling people over and over again, if we're playing Madden football, then I would be confident. But I don't care who you have on this team. I don't care how much talent you have. Chemistry has to play a role in your success. So I just feel like by by jumping on the Andy Dalton bandwagon because you feel Jameis Winston is playing bad, like it seems like people are trying to put all their hopes and dreams in Andy Dalton. Like I wouldn't do that. Do I feel like, you know, he he can do some things in order to help the team win? Yes. I mean, he, he's proven he can win in this league, but people are acting like, you know, what I'm saying they about to see some a Drew Brees type performance or something. Anywhere it goes. Right. Anywhere it goes. You're going to see some things from these quarterbacks that are probably not going to make you happy either or. Right. But this whole. Andy Dalton about to come in and save the franchise and we about to go undefeated and live up to our expectations. I just feel like people just need to pump their brakes, man. You need to pump your brakes on that. And I feel like that's what the reason why you're so upset right now, because you put these, these expectations out there in the air and these teams, this team isn't living up to it. So now you're mad, but you really should be mad at yourself because ain't nobody tell you to go out there and tell everybody that we are going to go undefeated or we are going to win a division or is over for you, Tom Brady. Is over for you, Falcon. Ain't nobody tell you to do that. That's why you 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 play to win a game. You know what I'm saying? You, 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 you have to be very, very patient, and you should not uh, count your chickens before they hatch, so to speak. So a lot of you are upset because of your own doing, not the team's. Uh, Winston uh, knows how to read a defense. Get out of here with that noise. Our constant flow, uh, yeah, I, I, look, you're not going to play quarterback in the NFL that long uh, if you don't know how to read defenses. But the reality is this. Um, it's not the fact that he can't read defenses. It's the fact that he can't move when he sees. I mean, I know he knows what he sees, but he can't move. He's a stationary target right now. You know what I'm saying? This, this is like some Rob Johnson, um, Drew Bledsoe type stuff we watching right here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Drew Bledsoe, RoboSack, Rob Johnson. Yeah, they, they knew that it was about to take a hit. But these boys statues in the pocket and he's a stationary target. He can't run right now. He he wants to run, but he, he feels like okay, if I run, then I'm exposing myself. So if you look, if you you're playing a position and you're thinking about who's the hot read, you know what I'm saying? Where where are my other reads at? Where's my check down? And then on the top of that, you know, I gotta think about running, or I gotta think about what can happen to me if I take one particular hit. Like that's that's too much. If you're thinking about how I can get hurt or how I can just add on to the pain that I already have. And I'm, I can possibly be out for this time or that time. I feel like you shouldn't play. I'm serious. Like football, when you're out there, it's already a a tough sport to play. Like you got to have your head on a swivel at all times. So if you're thinking about the limitations that you may have on top of trying to play your position effectively, then I just feel like it's just a recipe for disaster. And right now it's just a recipe for disaster. Like there is nothing good that can come from this at all. Like seriously, since this injury, I mean, people have been um, putting a microscope on his accuracy, have been putting a microscope on his decision-making when it comes to checking it down or running for the first down. These are some things that, you know, that we see. And you're just opening yourself up to scrutiny. And if this injury plays any type of role or it plays a more of a significant role than we're saying, then I feel like you're doing yourself an injustice because at the end of the day, once again, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares that you are hurt. Nobody cares how much pain you win. Nobody cares if you had a wide open guy and you couldn't put enough, enough air under that ball because your back is hurting. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like the torque, you know what I'm saying? Like it is it, all that resistance, you know what I'm saying, that you, you feel. Every time you know what I'm saying you throw a pass, nobody cares about that kind of stuff. At the at the end of the day, people are gonna look at that. Oh man, he making an excuse. This is who he is. This is ho- who he always is. It's giving validation to the people that's been hating. It's giving the uh indicate. It's giving am- I say ammunition. I should say ammunition. It's giving ammunition to people that have been hating. It's giving ammunition to people that have been on the fence. And it's giving ammunition to the people that are just out here that just don't want him to succeed whatsoever. So, there's the thing. You know, like. I tell people all the time, man, people do not care about the narratives. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't care about what their actual narrative is. They care about their narrative. So you got people that's on Twitter. You got people that's friends of yours that's talking about how bad he is. Nobody cares that he's hurt. The only thing they care about is that ball sailing over a receiver head and him catching in, in, in that, uh, that cornerback or that safety or that linebacker catching the interception so it can continue to feed the narrative that they want to feed that this guy is not the guy and we need to move into a different direction. And you do not want to do that. And I'm pretty sure Jameis Winston doesn't care. But at the end of the day, you may not care, but these other teams do. And these teams that may be looking for a quarterback next year, if this doesn't pan out or the Saints, they're going to be putting that in the back of their mind. I mean, it's it's a business at the end of the day. So this could affect your bottom line. This can affect your your starting chances ever again in the National Football League or if anybody's going to take you serious. So that's some things that you really have to think about if you're Jameis Winston. I mean, look, you you can't go out there trying to save the day and um, end up, you know what I'm saying, jeopardizing your tomorrow. So that's something I feel he needs to think about. Uh, A lot of the new players that have to build chemistry and understand the system. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, there, there's a chemistry issue that's going on. There's also an identity crisis that's going on with the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints have absolutely no identity at all. None. Zip, zilk, zero. No identity. And that's the biggest issue to me. Like, I don't know what this team is. I, I, I mean, it is a mixed bag. I mean, it's, it's like the chocolates that Forrest Gump Mama was talking about. You never know what you're going to get. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get. Like, I don't know if this is a passing team. I don't know if it's a running team. It looks like a running team. It, it seems like they get a lot of success if they put more emphasis on a run. But teams know if they neutralize the run, it, it, it takes away something that Jameis Winston does well, which is the play action. So if you're taking away from the running game and Pete Carmichael is helping out, helping the calls, because a lot of people need to practice patience on that coaching staff, in my opinion, if the running game isn't working and you get one or two yards, still run the football because you still have to keep the defense honest. But if they feel like, okay, uh, we stop y'all for a little while, then all of a sudden y'all going to be throwing the ball all over the place. You got to have a balanced attack. You got to put emphasis on the run. You look at the Carolina Panthers last Sunday. Chris McCaffrey had 25 carries for 105 yards. I mean, regardless of like if he was getting, you know what I'm saying, stop. he averaged like four yards a carry. But – Regardless of if he was getting stopped one yard, negative one yard, they still were running the football. And I just feel like the lack of patience is something that uh, is going to affect the New Orleans Saints. But whatever it is, I don't care if it's passing, I don't care if it's running, they got to figure out what their identity is. Because right now it just seems like they're doing things without any rhyme or reason. It's like turning on Madden 23 and playing with your friends and stuff like that. Now one friend may know what a play means, then the other one just, okay, I'm going to just press that because – you know, you know, four vertical cause everybody just running street routes. You know, like you're doing stuff without any rhyme or reason. Like you just out there just throwing the ball in the fourth quarter, it just look like park ball. It just looked like a bunch of your friends, y'all down. You ain't got nothing to lose. Let me go sling that thing out there, run as fast as you can, my friend. Get behind the ball and we're gonna catch a touchdown, and try to come back. It's not football, man. that's that's not football to me. That, that's park ball. You know, that, that's that's pitch up tackle back in your your grandmother's uh, you know. A lot or something like that. You know what I'm saying? That's 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 that bunny friend park, Lake P- uh, Ponce train park or something like that's that's not sustainable success. You're not going to have sustainable success doing those type of things. I mean, it's just that simple. Uh, let's see. TJ, why won't the NFL let us wear all black unis with the helmets? Uh, suck to have alternates, uh, but uh, be restricted and creative with the unis. Yeah, I think that you should be, you know, I think. You know, I think they need to change them up, but I mean, the NFL have their rules. But I'm pretty sure, like as as years go by, um, they're probably you know saying going to be a little bit more lenient, especially when they start to see like some of these different uniform concepts and all that kind of stuff. Like you know, starts to make make money, and we know that the NFL loves themselves some money. So I think they're going to be a little bit more lenient, uh, with, uh, you know. Th- the uniforms and stuff like that. I think that you're going to be able to wear them anytime you want to as the years go by. TJ, you're right. He needs to heal and come back strong. Yeah, you got to have confidence in yourself, man. Got to have confidence in yourself. Got to have confidence in your ability. Got to uh, believe that no matter what goes on, you can come back and get your get your spot. But you are your help, your help to absolutely nobody in the condition that you are. And especially since somebody spilled the beans and blew the whistle and said that you're hurt in the first place. So uh that's not a good thing either teams know you know it's almost like uh the express uh the story of ernie davis when he was playing against uh the university of texas and ernie davis was dealing with a hamstring and the coaches went over there and told the linebackers like davis hamstring you know like and all of a sudden like you seen after every run there was like you know beating on his hamstring beating on his thighs and stuff like that you know to try to make it a little bit more tender Teams are doing that. That's the reason why they're blitzing him. That's why they, they send in a house. That's why they're doing all these things in order to get him off his spot because they know that he's a stationary target right now and it's almost like, you know, like a, a wounded lion. And, it, and it's like, you know, surrounded by a bunch of hyenas. I was saying that yesterday, no identity at all. Are we a running team, play action? We just all over the place. Yeah, I mean – that's, that's, just, that's just a straight-up 100% fact. Uh, the landlord, thank you very much for the $2, says Dalton will go 11 for 11 with 11 touchdowns and 100 rushing yards. Is that in a, in a game or a season? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Whoever it is, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen in one day. Yeah, you know, i don't, I don't think that's going to happen. If that happened, then, yeah, maybe, maybe. – <laughs> Hell no! To the no, no, no! Hell to the no! Well, if that does happen, you know, I think he pretty much gonna solidify himself as a, you know, as a as a starter. Because I don't think you would want to get rid of that production. James not starting is for the best. He needs to heal up and think about the future. The Saints shouldn't even dress him. Yeah, man, I, I don't think they need to dress him at all. I think at this point, this is just a competitive uh, leverage thing. You know, kind of keeping him out there. Like, oh, uh, he might play, he might not play. That, that's kind of that's what it is. I mean, Sean Payton used to do that too. You know, he'd be like, man, just see the trainer, we'll let you know. They don't really discuss injuries. So it's, it's almost like having a competitive advantage, right? So if you prepare for Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton goes out there and plays, then you already got the advantage because now you got to figure out how to stop Andy Dalton. And it also gives teams, you know, you know, it gives them a leverage because other teams got to go back and be like, okay, who's going to play? Is he going to play or is he going to play? Yeah, Hill getting snaps is a big indicator. we not making doubts in our future. Winston is. Uh, Facts, TJ, uh, what's the latest on Mike T, Landry injuries? Well, the injuries aren't that significant, but neither one of them practiced today. I guess they're trying to, you know, play it safe. I don't think that uh, it's going to be one of those situations where uh, they miss a, a lot of time. Um, maybe miss this game coming up and maybe be back for the game versus Seattle. I don't know. Uh, that's, that's everything that I'm hearing. Lamar uh, may be on the market next year. Well, if he is on the market next year, I mean, I think you need to inquire about him, but the money that he's asking for, I don't know if the Saints going to be able to get it. But, I mean, you could make an argument that the Saints, you know, could have had him back in 2018 and they decided to get Davenport, you know, uh, check in uh, who that TJ, Mike T didn't practice today. Jarvis did light reps off to the side. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't really too much of a practice, though. I mean, we're just, you know, some guys just over there rehabbing. It was it was the rehab crew, you know what I'm saying? The people that didn't play last week, the ones that had, like, some issues uh, that was that took place in the game there was over there on the side. I wouldn't call that really practice. Just, like, them just out there just, you know, <laughs> maybe working on some things to help them get back. And be prepared for the game, you know when it comes to, when it comes to the their particular health. TJ, why won't the NFL already read that one? Uh, Lamar getting three hundred million, yeah, he is. And the thing about it is, you know, the Baltimore Ravens are dumb, you know, because now as well as he plays, and if you know if where where he is at right now, if this is any indication, you know, to what the season is going to be like for him, he should he gonna win MVP. So now he's going to win MVP if he wins MVP. Now you're going to really be set up because now it's like you're going to have to take that into account. So now the money is still going up. They should have paid him when they, they had to change. The same shouldn't even dress Winston. Uh, don't put him out there uh, with the added pressure of getting pulled. Just start Dalton. Yeah, I mean, look, you got to do all these things in order for you to be out there on the field and all these different raps, you know, like back wrap rib wrap chicken wrap you know like man it's time to just sit down you know what i'm saying get yourself prepared, and uh you know get yourself uh some rehab come back and, and be an integral part of the team's success but as of right now you know like i mean he even said it himself you know he was like you know when you're hurt you know you end up like aggravating something else because you're compensating by using another part of your body that you know that you don't even need to be using because one part is hurt so you're putting more pressure on you know another part of your body this didn't come from anybody else this came from him when he was talking about his his ACL injury so regardless if he wants to admit it or not and I know he won't I mean you have to uh, compensate in other parts of your body uh, in order to make up for the injuries that you have and once again I don't feel like it's giving people a clear indication of what quarterback or what who he is as a quarterback and it's also just fueling the, you know, those people out there that never thought he was good in the first place. I mean, that's, that's what it all comes down to. Unless he goes out here and he throws for like 300 yards and four touchdowns. I honestly just feel like, you know, people going to continue to question him. And especially if he goes out there and the offense starts to sputter a little bit again and they start to make mistakes. Hey, TJ, why are uh, we still sacrificing our quarterbacks for a win? Because it's the NFL. Because that's just the way that it goes. You know, it, this is a results business. This is a results-oriented business. That's just the reality of it. You know, the, the humanity uh, takes a back backseat uh, to the warrior mentality. And these teams want to win. And, and they feel like these guys that they draft, these guys that they sign, they want those guys to be available and fair or unfair you know, these teams are going to do everything they can to look out for the team first. You know, that's why you see guys go and get second opinion from doctors that don't have a dog in the fight. That's why you see these guys like, you know, looking at other people and asking them what they've done. You know, former players that might have dealt with the same situation because, you know, these organizations, they can't be trusted at times, man, because, you know, they want to win. They want the results. They just want that, that guy out there be able to play. And sometimes, you know, the, the player, the person, you know, takes a back seat, even if that means that person is like sacrificing their livelihood being out there. I mean, sometimes those teams don't, I won't say the, well, sometimes they act as if they don't care. I'll leave it at that. The offense needs to run through AK and Mike T, and everyone else will benefit from that. Yeah, I mean, look, I just think that I don't even think it should run through those two individuals. I think that you have talent, you have talent all across the board. And the thing about it is, you know, man, they need to, they need to learn how to use all that talent. Like we look at, like, we look at Drew Brees, right. You know, a couple of years ago, I mean, you'll see like, he threw like eight, nine different receivers, right. So he was using all those guys. He was able to use every guy that he had on the field. Now, there was a time where, you know, they ain't really have much to use. And that's the reason why he was constantly going to AK and he was constantly going to Michael Thomas because those were the two offensive guys. But I just think that you need to learn how to get these other guys involved. And, you know, I I just think that what you're you're seeing right now is a Drew Brees ran offense, but Jameis Winston isn't Drew Brees, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, he is not going to... instead of like a check down he prefers to like push the ball down the field I don't know if if Pete Carmichael has sat down with Jameis Winston and maybe had a conversation like okay what plays do you like what plays you feel like work for you and let's see if we can actually build on that right it just seems like to me that you have a whole bunch of guys on your team as of right now and you want to keep all those guys happy right it's almost like I don't know if you, if you divvying up, you know, a pot of stew or something like that, you know, like you giving everybody like the same amount, right. You know, then other person might be like, man, look, I'm a little bit bigger than everybody else. I need a little bit more, you know what I'm saying? So you're trying to add a little bit more to help that make that person happy. It it just seems like to me, like we, we just passing around the ball just to keep people happy. Not so much about who's open, but (laughs) you're not winning nothing like that. You know, (laughs) you need to find a way to distribute the ball and, You know, somebody, you know, regardless, people are not going to be happy. But it just seemed like to me, it's too much. It's too much uh, player uh, pleasing around this thing, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? It just seemed like to me, like, they're just trying to keep everybody happy and don't want to stir the pot, man. But, look, nobody is going to be happy if you continue to lose. All right? So, you got to find a way to get these guys involved and make it look, like, natural and not just forced. Like, even a pad like – you now, like with Chris Olave, as, as talented as he was and how big of a game he had last week, it was almost like, you know, Jameis just was just pushing that thing. He just was adamant in getting the ball to Chris Olave. When you have Michael Thomas open, you got Landry open, you got Camara open. Like, man, you got to be able to utilize these weapons. And you also got to realize the playmaking ability that these dudes have. I think sometimes when, I think sometimes when Jameis is like going through his progressions, He'll probably see. Okay, I got this dude right here. If I, you know, he, he's fifteen yards down the field. Got another guy, he ten yards down the field, and you got another guy who's like close. He like five yards in front of me. You know, it, I think like he think. Okay, man, if I can fit this ball fifteen yards down the field, you know, what I'm saying that'll that'll give us a big game. Versus like looking at who he passing the ball to. Like we think about that play with Alvin Kamara versus the Packers. You know, when Drew Brees just threw him the football. Like just like. Alvin had absolutely no business going at touchdown, but he did. And sometimes that's when you have to, like, rely on your playmakers. You got to rely on those guys and make sure that, you know, you get the ball in their hand because they are capable of getting them, getting the yards after the catch. So you got to have enough patience and, and, you know, and be able to slowly, methodically drop the ball down the field. That's what you need to do, slowly, methodically drive the ball down the field. It's okay to go on a ten play drive. It's okay to go on a nine play drive. You know that that's cool as long as you're not turning the ball over, and as long as you are getting positive yards instead of negative. At this point, only players getting the ball is alive. It's suffocating and stopping ball distribution. Uh, it's making us have a limited offense. Well, look, the Saints have always, in some ways, had a limited offense over the last couple of years, to be honest, which has been the Alvin Kamara. Michael Thomas show. The only thing about it was, you know, you had Drew Brees being the signal caller, you know what I'm saying? It's like this this offense has always kind of just been one dimensional if you want to be honest. I just think that it was it, it Drew Brees made it work. You know, but now you don't have that luxury anymore. I mean, I'm watching people on like social media like they they pulling up old Drew Brees clips like Drew Brees ain't coming back, man. You know why are you doing that to you, to doing that to yourself? You ever uh, seen one of them movies where, you know, you got a couple friends and they just come into another friend's house that went through a bad breakup. And then you walk up the stairs and you see like him holding a picture of his ex-girlfriend in his hand. They're like, man, I hate to see you like this, man. You got, they got beer bottles all over the place. You know what I'm saying? The curtains and stuff like that still drawing in. Don't want to let the light in. That, that's what it looked like to some of y'all same fans. Some of y'all sitting on the floor at the head of y'all bed, holding the picture of Drew Brees and, and, And rubbing it ever so gently, you know what I'm saying? Like the dude, (laughs) the dude ain't coming back, man. Like Drew Brees has given us so much of himself. Like he gave us his his passion, his heart. You know what I'm saying? Most of his ability, like that, that like it is all with man. Look, I know people like man, bring it back one more time. Look, I do not want to see Drew Brees anymore. I don't. I don't care how bad things are looking, like. I feel like anybody that's asking for Drew Brees, like seriously asking for Drew Brees is a selfish individual. Like you're selfish. Like you don't even want like, you don't even want this dude to come back just to like, just to come back, you know what I'm saying? Like to feel maybe some stuff he feel like he left behind. It's more about what you think. Like a lot of people are looking at this from a selfish standpoint. You know, everybody, you know, looking at this from a selfish standpoint, you want Drew Brees back so you can feel like a winner tell you something man let me tell y'all something you know i feel like i'm a winner in life and it don't have anything to do with the saints now look i love the saints i want to see the saints win but i am not conjoining my my love and my passion and everything else i ain't conjoining this to know if the saints win or lose and if you're doing that then uh might need to find something else to do uh alfred thank you very much for the 999 says i want to know your thoughts on why You're more optimistic on Jameis than Dalton when Dalton has more uh, wins, uh, more playoff appearances than Jameis. Just want to know your thoughts. Um, The reason why, you know, is because it's not the fact that I don't like Andy Dalton. I like Andy Dalton. All I'm saying is the dude has been a backup for a reason. I mean, he's been a backup. All right. He was a backup in Chicago. Didn't work out. He was a backup in Dallas and it didn't work out. So all I'm saying is like for anybody that just feels like that he's going to come in and he's just going to be the savior of the franchise. Cause that I feel like that's what some of y'all really honestly think like y'all, y'all think y'all really honestly think that Andy Dalton is just that much better than Jameis Winston. Like regardless to if he comes in a night, like, this offense is trash. <laughs> like, absolutely trash. And some of y'all probably pinpoint to one play, pinpoint to one throw. And y'all like, man, Andy would have made that. Andy would have did this. Like, you don't know. Man, And I, I just, you know, I, my thing about it is I just don't feel like it's just going to be that much better. And some of y'all just feel like it's going to be that much better. You know, so, I mean, I don't I don't feel that way. I don't. I don't. Look, I don't. I, I hope that he will prove me wrong. But if Andy Dalton come in, I don't see the Saints like doing anything special. I don't really see the Saints like some of y'all had Super Bowl aspirations. I don't think he'll lead the Saints to the Super Bowl. I think he can keep the Saints in games. Right. You know, what I'm saying he can manage the game. But do I feel like he's going to be like an integral part? No, I don't. I feel like if the defense continue to play lights out and they they have ball security, yeah, they'll probably win some games. I and mean, if he make a throw to sustain some drives, fine. But I don't think that it will be because of anything that he's done. But I hope I'm wrong, like, if he ends up playing, because I don't want to see him fail. You know what I'm saying? Like, whoever the quarterback is, I want them to win. I'm just saying, like, people act like this dude is going to be, like, the savior of the franchise, like he's going to be the second coming to Drew Brees or something. I, I mean, I, I tell you, I'm telling you, if Jameis Winston does not pan out, the starting quarterback in the future phase of this franchise, it's not on the team. It's not. Not going to be on the team. Uh, Dalton is not Jesus, <laughs> Breeze, uh, Christ, the return, but I'm sure he can win. Looks good in preseason. We're talking about preseason, man. If that's the case, Jameis looked good in preseason, and some of y'all talking about him. I know a couple quarterbacks look good in preseason. And you look at them in regular season, looking like straight up uh, slow. Look, I don't put any stock into preseason like that. I mean, teams are being about as conservative as you as you can be. There's a bunch of, like, vanilla defensive uh, plays. And, you know, people ain't really just showing you everything that they have. So, I don't know. I don't put too much stock on preseason. You know, I, I really don't. Uh, Rich Gannon was a backup for a reason, too, until he became an MVP. Um. I, I really don't understand what people are, are saying here. Like, okay. The same argument that y'all are trying to make about Andy Dalton is the same argument that some Flames fans will make about Jameis Winston. Like, uh, coaches matter, schemes matter and all that kind of stuff. So my question is, how is it that it's just going to be so much better for Andy Dalton and not be that much better for Jameis Winston? If we talking about scheming and stuff, right? And we talking about scheming and, and what people are doing and, you know, and, and how the offense going to look when this person is behind there, well, it's still the same coaches. So what's the difference? You know, it's amazing to me how people just take, like, that particular narrative and it fit the person that they want to. So Andy Dalton, you know, he he can run this offense, man. He can run his offense. All he need, you know, like the coaches, they'll put him in a position. And then when you say that about James, nah, he ain't it. I, I don't get it. Same thing to me. Uh, we can't play him hurt though tj you you must just got here you must just got here cuz clearly it, clearly you must just got here my friend 504 you must just got here cuz i i mean, I, I mean see, i've been doing this, this show about 43 minutes now I, I said that i said i mean i went on a whole like dialogue you know about you know what i feel about him playing and how that can affect him so I, I think you probably just got here, uh, Dalton. In the last five years of play, has over fifty percent uh, touchdown interception ratio. He's not going to uh, look like a world beat out there, but he can not manage wins for the time being. Yeah, I believe it. I believe that, You know, I, I I'm just want people to I just want to put things into perspective. Like I don't see like you know like. Drew Brees, I have a like amazing game and it's pretty obvious that like Drew Brees is like the reason, you know what I'm saying? You you take Drew Brees out like you ain't nothing like it, I don't I don't think you're going to see games like that from Andy Dalton. I think you're going to see manageable games. A guy that is not going to win the game for you. A guy that is not going to lose the game for you. Two tight ends most of the time can help block and add another weapon to pass to with all the talent. It has to get better. Well. The Titans got to learn how to block better before we put two out there because uh, two out of the three not really doing their job so much. Uh, where did the lines uh become so blurred between called a realist fan or an optimistic fan when it comes to fandom? Can they ever coexist? Um, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Because all all that is, like, kind of subjective, to be honest. You know, like – When people say, I'm real, I'm real, I'm just being real. Like, you may be in real, but it's still opinionated realism. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, you know, like you said up there, man, I don't think he the answer. I mean, just look at the way he plays. He's just not the answer. Like, you can say that, but that don't mean that, like, it may feel real to you. And maybe you feel like it just needs to be said, or somebody else didn't say it. But, I mean, all this is just opinionated, even my take. My takes is opinionated. And I never say that, you know, man, my word was gospel, you know, but I just say, you know, like when people say I'm real, like real to you, you know, like that may, like if I say two plus two is four, you know, that's, that's real, you know what I'm saying? That's something that can't be disputed. That's been mathematics since the beginning of the time, right? You know, but when we talking about what a quarterback going to do this, that, and the third, we don't know until that actually happens. Hey, I'm Eagles fans uh, here. Y'all got a running back for us? <laughs> Jay Alexander, I don't feel like Andy uh, lights the world on fire. I do feel like the easy reads can be made. Jameis cannot deliver the ball like he needs to, and Andy probably uh, possibly can. Yeah, I mean, you got a good point on that, you know? I mean, who knows? All I'm saying is I got a wait-and-see approach about everything. Like, I just think that people just put these expectations out there about what they feel is going to happen if, if the Saints do this and that. And then when it don't pan out, you're getting mad and want to, you know, like basically, like I said, you need to get mad at yourself because you're the one that's putting these expectations out here. There's people out there right now that want Andy Dalton to be, you know what I'm saying, the starting quarterback of the team because they don't feel like Jameis have it. And they putting everything that they have into the fact that, okay, he's going to come in and just completely set the world on fire. I want him to, and I hope you're right, but – Let's say he don't. Then you somewhere shivering in a corner somewhere mad looking at old Drew Brees footage. You know, like I guess you got to wait for the games to come out. Like I'm never too high or too low on anybody. Like I want the team to succeed just as much as everybody else, but I ain't about to jump out the window about people that I have not seen already. Right. We go, we go on YouTube. We look at these dudes highlights. We, we look at all the big moments that they have. And then all of a sudden we get ourselves all excited and pump our chest out. And you know, we hearing we, we, We uh, watch shows that kind of fuel, you know what I'm saying, our our positive thinking and reinforcing our thoughts and views. Then we go out here and, oh, man, we ain't going to be beat. We got this, we got that, we got this and that. And then when it don't happen, all of a sudden, man, I can't believe this. How could this happen? Like, man, all I'm saying is you got to wait and see. You got to wait and see. Too many people getting excited, you know. You know, it's almost like, you know, back in the day, you know, your, your people would tell you, man, you know what? I think we're gonna take a trip here and everybody getting all excited and stuff, like, yeah, man, we going, we gonna go here, and you're telling everybody, then all of a sudden, I know you all thought that we were gonna go, but unfortunately, we, we can't make the trip. And then the next day you know, you're like, oh man, you know what I'm saying? But and, and but <laughs> the disclaimer was we may, but you ain't hear that may, all you hear is that we going. So some of you know, our expectations, the ones that we put out there, are the main reason why we so upset right now not so much about what the team is doing once again. Uh, do you think ID misses CJ because they're not making plays and getting ran over? Uh, this defense is playing outstanding. I mean, if you talk about CJ Gardner-Johnson, yeah, if we probably missing some memes from, from a, a Saints standpoint, but I don't think they missing him as far as a, a scheme standpoint. You know, I mean, the defense is playing just as good as they always did. You know, I mean, the – The secondary is playing outstanding. They probably the bright spot of the team. So, my honest opinion, no, I don't think they're missing him. I mean, I think Saints fans miss miss him more than the team do. Alvin Kamara ain't ready. Everybody tender. (laughs) Uh, Debo, no excuses for Roby getting burnt. He runs a 4-2, but P.J. was always slow and shouldn't check uh, anybody downfield. Look, I think Bradley Roby probably had his best game last game. You know, he made some plays. He made some pass deflections. I mean, what what did the – like, what did the secondary actually do that would just absolutely trash? Like, after, you know, they've been on the field about a million, gazi- a million gazillion minutes and then all of a sudden, like, they give up a play because the offense can't do nothing with the football all that time. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, you, your defense got to – you know, go out there and try to save the day over and over and over again. It's only a matter of time before it actually shuts down, and it did. So, no, I, I don't believe that. I think the Saints secondary is probably the bright spot of the team. If we want to talk about the the defensive line, like up front, we, and then we can have a, a conversation. TJ, bad offense affects fans on how a team is perceived differently from bad defenses. Nobody gave a uh, Sean Flack for bad D. They blame the defensive coach and player. I agree with that statement I heard. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with that. You know, like people like try to, put, you know, post the blame on like nobody. Like to me, nobody's blaming uh, Dennis Allen for the offense being trash. He calls the defense. So the defense is the bright spot of the team. So in that regards, he's doing his job now. If you know, as a head coach, you got to get on the offense and, and get them to, you know, saying light a fire under they behind, let them know that hey man, y'all, y'all, y'all holding us back, you know, y'all, y'all the ones that's holding us back, y'all stopping us from, you know, reaching our full potential, you know. So, I, I don't know. Let's see, uh, not that Taylor is hurt, I agree. TJ is hilarious, uh, to me, how people use a player's past resume to try. Uh, to paint who the player is now you have to analyze what a player is now last scene drew Brees was horrible and i'm a fan well um i do think that a lot of people they get they fall in love with names and they feel like what that person actually is you know they that's who they are right you know that's the reason why you know everybody got super excited when champ Bailey got here right wasn't so much about where he was as a player it's just the fact that, you know, Chan Bailey was a legend. He was good, right? He was one of the best cornerbacks in the league for a long time. And then the same thing with Adrian Peterson, one of the best running backs of all time. But we didn't take into account those guys were shelling themselves at that stage of their career. And uh, you got better production out of Kamara and better production out of Ingram. And then you got better production out of some of those younger guys, you know, that were out there. And so, you know, I think it's, it's the same way. Like, man, is about what you are at that particular point. You know, who you are as a quarterback, who you are as a running back. I don't I don't fall in love with just names. You know what I'm saying? That I, I know for a long time they just been, they just been steady in the National Football League. Then all of a sudden, like, oh, we got them. And then when they don't make plays, then, man, what happened to them, man? They washed up. Well, maybe that team that didn't bring them back knew that, and now you're getting to know it firsthand. P.J. better break some knees. Look, man, P.J. Williams is playing in a position that he that he normally doesn't play. Like, we know he doesn't supposed to play outside corner. That's one of the main reasons why we wanted him out of here years ago. But being a safety saved, you know, his his career, you know. And I, I still believe in P.J. Williams, you know, as far as a tackler and, and being a safety. I mean, he's, he's had some bright spots. I mean, he missed that tackle, you know, on LaVisca Chenault. But I'm not going to sit up here and just – completely bash the dude because here's the reality like this dude spent a lot of time like changing the way that we see him as a as a as a player in that secondary i remember one time man we wanted this dude the heck up out of here now all of a sudden like he's been playing steady like we were singing his praises when he caught that pick six we was talking about a hardy hit when he, he made that hit on uh chris godwin like we was talking about this dude in a positive like now all of a sudden like the saints aren't winning now it's his fault Are we gonna go back to him no Look, PJ Williams has, cha- has changed the narrative of how I see him as a player in the secondary. As a safety, you know what I'm saying? I, I-, I can roll with him because to me, he's the best tackler on, like, him and probably Paulson DeVo, probably two of the best tacklers in the secondary as of right now. I know some people will say Tyron Matthew, but I haven't seen that just yet. But I'm not going to knock this dude just because, you know, he missed the tackle. Now all of a sudden, we about to go back. We we doing the same thing that we normally do. Like we doing the same thing we doing to those those running backs that had issues in the past. Quarterbacks, like we just go back to they they shortcomings, and all of a sudden like we just add that on. No man, come on, like this guy has built up enough equity as a as a good solid you know nickel slash safety enough for us to not just be sitting up here talking about we need to get this man up out of here. I just I, I'm not I'm not doing that because some of y'all. There's you know, criticizing the man saying this stuff about PJ now with the same people talking about he turned the corner last year. Let's not be hypocrites now. Uh TJ, this chat uh suffered from <laughs> recency bias. Yeah, basically a lot. I mean, I, I don't know. I ain't about to blame you no know, PJ Williams as a you know, as a player, this man been been as steady as he possibly can over the last three to four years. PJ is an outside corner, he is a help in the box safety, exactly. You don't need to put him on the outside. Now, if we're having a conversation about him being on the outside, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. But, um, yeah, But man, as far as him being a safety dude, it. has been, been doing an outstanding job. We got 254 people right now. Ask that you hit the like button. Uh, also want to thank the fine folks at Manscaped.com, the official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, use the promo code STATE OF SAINTS, and you'll save 20% off of your purchase. Once again, you State of Saints. Get 20% off of your purchase at manscaped.com. We wanted him and Eli Apple gone. <laughs> uh, some of these fans are play-by-play fans and, and some timing. And to say the least, uh, I'm, I, I don't know. I don't understand, like, how people evaluate these guys. I, I really think that people evaluate these players play-to-play. Play- like one week, I see people just singing the praises of, of these players. Like I see, like right now, um, uh, let's see, TJ Laddie, a great tackler at corner. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he a good uh, tackler, but he not to me, not better than Paulson the D boy, uh, um, PJ Williams. I, I don't think so. I mean, I've seen some plays where he, you know, like you got that play where he knocked Julio Jones off his feet, you know, on that wide receiver screen. I mean, he's made some some good tackles, uh, but. You know, I feel like uh, P.J. Williams is a better tackler. And Paulson Debo, a pretty good tackler as well. Tyron Matthew has been getting ran over every game and missing tackles. That's not true. He has not been missing tackles. He missed that one tackle, but he has not been missing tackles. And the two plays that he actually got ran over, guess who made the tackle? He did. The, you see, I, that's why I tell people, I said this on the last episode. See, we get so fascinated about the block, right? look, if you go up for a shot and a guy blocks your shot, you get the ball back and put it back in. Okay, everybody's still going, ooh, ooh. But guess what? I scored. So if this guy getting ran over and he's still, like, grabbing on the ankle and he's getting the guy down on the ground, guess what? He still made the tackle. So you can get all, you know, like, we we can go and one mixtape. Oh, this dude got crossed up, but did he make the shot? Oh, he got crossed over, man. Look at me over there and I'm over here. Like, man, look, the dude made the tackle on a two – uh, plays where you know people talking about man he got ran over who cares like i don't think he does he made the tackle so the only tackle i just remember him just missing and whiffing on is, is that tackle that that spring lavishka should know at for the touchdown you know like we we so we so fascinated about the you know saying a big moment man but hey, he's still making these tackles he's still getting guys on the ground and not to mention the two guys that that he did that to, uh, like, 30, 40 pounds bigger than what he is. TJ, uh, they flip-flop around here, obviously. They don't know what to do. Like, a lot, of, a lot of these Saints fans lost, man. They lost because they don't know what to do. They ain't never been in no position like this, and they scared. You know, they, they scared to be in these type of positions. Some of y'all, you know, some of these Saints fans are grandstanders. I'm, I'm just going to call it for what it is. Like, they, they grandstand. The Saints have been... In a conversation of being one of the best teams in the NFC for years, and they've been grandstanding. Now all of a sudden, once again, they can join, uh, you know their their love and their passion and everything else. Like they can join this to this team, and now that the team is down, like you feel like it's an indication of who you are, but it's not. You know, I still love this team, and I think you should too. But a lot of people, like I said, they've been grandstanding for years. They grandstand like, and now it's to a point where the Saints are are in a transition you know this is something that they're not used to like this, they they've seen 15 years of stability you know basically they've been honestly they've been uh, living off a lie for the last 15 years to be real uh because the fact is the combination of coach and quarterback in the national football league to be last that long is like an anomaly like you got Bill Belichick and you had Tom Brady and then you had You know, then you, for a good little minute, you had Peyton Manning and uh, Tony Dungy. And then you had Sean Peyton and Drew Brees. Like, you've seen, like, guys who, you know what I'm saying, haven't been, I mean, been together for a long period of time. But those are anomalies. Like, think about this. How many coaching changes had they had in Carolina during the time where Sean Payton was the head coach and Drew Brees was the quarterback? How many in Atlanta? How many in Tampa? But, you know, some people just, you know, like, man, for 15 years, this has been the standard but some of y'all don't realize how special that actually is and uh, how th- there's a like there's a chance that that never happen again. I don't care who the Saints head coach is. Uh we just do not have quarterback issues. We have fumbling issues, special issues and blocking and field goal issues. We have a lot of uh corrections. Yeah, but the thing about it is Roger can thank you very much for the $5 is that all these things can be corrected. All these things could be all these things could be cleaned up. You know, if it were just bad players, you know, and being out of position and not having the right 53, then that would be a problem. But you have the right guys for the job, you know. I don't want people to get it twisted. There's a difference between having, you know, being out of place and not having the guys to make the plays is a, a difference. Uh, this one ugly transition. Uh, most, most transitions are. I'm going to ride no matter what. Bro, we gotta win Sunday. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you gotta win. Old school Saints football has humbled me years ago. Yeah, Dell, so have I. You know, and I think that's probably what what sustains me, um, makes me confident about this team. Cause I knew for a fact when this team didn't have anything, and I know this team is capable of, you know, getting out of their own way. But I, I got to go ahead and uh, get back to work. But I want to say thank you all for th- checking out the State of the Saints podcast. I really do appreciate it. I ask that you hit that like button. Uh, previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. And uh, also you can check out uh, Facebook.com, search the State of the Saints podcast. Once again, hit that like button. Subscribe if you're new and uh, appreciate your time. Everybody have a good morning, noon, night, whenever you're checking out this podcast. And like always. All I got to say is who that?